Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and it's also Christmas Eve, because this year Advent is as short as it possibly can be, because Christmas falls on a Monday. We don't really get a fourth week of Advent. You have to feel sorry for that poor fourth Advent candle. It only gets lit the once. We don't even get a whole fourth Sunday of Advent, because our Christmas celebrations start you know, this evening with the 4.30 Vigil Mass. Only once every seven years do we get Christmas and Advent in one Sunday like this. And so we see the altar decorated with poinsettias in anticipation of that celebration later today. The crib has been laid out in anticipation of receiving the Christ child. And this all can make it feel like it's Christmas already, like Christmas is already here. But it isn't. We're still in purple. The crib is still empty. It's still Advent for a few more hours. We're in a state of what I like to call already, but not yet. Already, but not yet. That was a phrase that I first heard used by a priest who was giving a reflection to our diaconal ordination class. It was shortly before our ordination, and we had spent many years in formation. We had spent countless hours preparing for ministry, he pointed out, and so we were, we were ready for it. We were eager for it, but as he reminded us, we weren't ordained yet. We were not yet deacons, although we were men who were formed to be deacons. Already, but not yet. And I knew what he was talking about because I see the same effect in my senior students in those weeks before graduation, right? They've, they've mostly finished their studies. They've turned in all their graduation paperwork. They've purchased their cap and gown. They've just got a couple more assignments to complete and turn in, and then they're done. But those last few assignments can be the hardest to do because mentally, they've already graduated. They're done. They've checked out, right? They're ready to move on to the next stage in their life, but they can't yet. They can't yet. It's already, but not yet. You see the same thing in engaged couples who are ready for marriage, right? They're longing to begin their life together. They've committed themselves to each other. They found their life partner, but marriage is something that's still on the horizon. It's already, but not yet. It's a time of joyful anticipation and a time of excitement, but at the same time, it's a time that you can't wait for it to be over, <laughs> you know, to move on. Already, but not yet. That means that the good that we long for has been partially fulfilled, right? And so there's a joy there, a great joy, but it is only partially fulfilled. And so we know there's even more joy to come. We have something to look forward to, as I preached at the beginning of this Advent season. It's like all those presents that are wrapped underneath the Christmas tree right now. The gift is there. You can see it. You can shake it. You can try and peek underneath the wrapping paper. Right? You really do have that gift in a way, but you don't fully possess it yet. Not until Christmas morning when that wrapping is removed and the gift is revealed. I think, though, the ultimate example of already but not yet has to be pregnancy. When a woman becomes pregnant with a child, 
child is already here in the world. She is a mother, from the, not from the moment she gives birth, right? But from the moment that she conceives. That child is already with you. But there's still an awful lot of not yet to come, right? There's an awful lot about being a parent that is still to follow. And the Advent to me, the whole season of Advent, has always had the character of being a pregnant season. Because Advent, like pregnancy, is very much a time of waiting. At our Christmas Masses later on, we'll read of Christ's birth. But our Gospel reading for this Mass tells us of the beginning of Mary's pregnancy. People have asked me before, how come the church doesn't celebrate the Annunciation as a bigger feast day than Christmas? Because after all, we know that life begins at conception. That's what the word conception means. It means the beginning. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us at Jesus's conception, not at his birth. So why do we celebrate the nativity with so much more fanfare and celebration than we do the Annunciation? That's a good question. But I could ask you the same thing. Why do we celebrate your birthday with so much more celebration and fanfare than we celebrate the day of your conception, right? Because the same fact is true of you and me. Our lives began when we were conceived, not at our birth. And it's because our conception is something that's hidden. And for nine months in the womb, we're hidden in a way. Like those wrapped gifts underneath the tree. We're there, but you can't see us. That child is already there in his mother's womb, but he's not made manifest until his birth. And that's when he sees the world and the world sees him for the first time. The word became flesh in Mary's womb, but he really began to dwell among us in a visible way once he was born. So those nine months of pregnancy, that's a time of already but not yet. And so, really, is the whole of our time on earth. The whole of our time on earth is a pregnant time. It's a time of fulfillment that's also a time of waiting. Because in truth, today is Christmas Day. We've been living in Christmas Day for more than 2,000 years. The birth of Christ, that's a historical fact, just as much as his death and resurrection is. So that good news of great joy that was spoken to the shepherds by an angel, it's just as true for us today on the fourth Sunday of Advent as it will be tomorrow on Christmas Day, because for us, a Messiah has been born in the city of David. We are living in that age of Emmanuel, of God with us. Every day is Christmas because Christ has already been born to us. But every day is also like Advent because we still await the fulfillment of our hope and the glorious coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Already, but not yet. Christ has been born to us and Christ continues to be born to us. Every time a new member is added to the church through baptism, Christ is born again. As soon as you give your yes to God, as soon as you say to him, be it done unto me according to your word, you become, in a sense, pregnant with the word of God. But that doesn't mean that Christ has come to full stature in you. There is still a growth 
that needs to happen as you are formed more and more into the likeness of God's Son. Pregnancy is a time of waiting, and this life is a time of waiting, already, but not yet. What does our saying yes to God look like? Mary is our model in this, but we may look at the Annunciation, and we might think, well, how does this apply to me? I don't have angels appearing in my life asking me to do impossible things like becoming the virginal mother of God. But Mary's yes didn't begin at the Annunciation. Her whole life was a yes to God. Every moment of every day, she was saying yes to God's will through her faithfulness, her faithfulness to prayer and to worship and her faithfulness to her vocation and through her, her virtues, right? through her life of virtues, her humility, her charity, her chastity, her temperance and fortitude that was lived out in her relationship with her neighbors. And so when she was asked to do the seemingly impossible, it was no struggle for her to give her yes because her whole being already belonged to God. And this is how we can give our yes to God each day, by being faithful in small ways and by being loving and forgiving towards one another. If we cultivate that habit of saying yes to God always, and that becomes the default setting of our life. And that grace then, that gift of grace God plants within us, it will eventually be unwrapped and Christ will be made manifest through us. That's what it means to be a saint. A saint is someone through whom Christ has become present in the world once again. And that begins with our saying yes to him. But it is like that present that we've been given that we haven't unwrapped yet. As John says in his first epistle, Beloved, we are God's children now. That's the already part. We are God's children now, but what we shall be has not yet been revealed. There's the not yet. We do know, he writes, that when it is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The word becomes flesh and dwells among us every time we celebrate the Eucharist. Christ is here with us. He is Emmanuel, and yet... St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans that the world is still groaning in labor pains as it awaits the full revelation of the children of God. Our Savior has come, but there's still a not yet. In another place, St. Paul says that God has begun a good work in us already, and he will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Not yet. And so our lives are filled with this joyful tension, this pregnant anticipation of an even greater good to come. And like any pregnancy, sometimes there can be labor pains. Just ask any mother and she'll tell you. Pregnancy is no picnic. But that experience of already but not yet changes even our suffering. It changes the nature of the penance that we do. We fast joyfully. We fast joyfully because we know we're invited to the feast. We wait for the bridegroom patiently because we know he's coming for us. And indeed, he's already here knocking at the door. 
even during the most difficult trials of life, we are not overcome because we know that even though it may feel like we're losing this particular battle, Christ has already won the final victory. Already, but not yet. So my brothers and sisters, even though it may still be a few hours too early to wish you a Merry Christmas, I can say this with confidence. Christ has come. Christ is coming. Christ will come again. Our Lord will be made manifest. He will not remain hidden. Justice and peace will reign. All will be made right. And we will sing forever the goodness of the Lord. Any day that you say to the Holy Spirit, Thy will be done, is a day that Christ is born into your life. Every time you receive the Holy Eucharist, you carry the Word made flesh in your body. May each of us live our entire lives with that faithful anticipation of Advent. And may we greet every morning as a new day in which Christ is born to us.